Welcome to The Buzz. I'm Christopher Conover. Ballots for Tucson City election are in the mail. This week, we meet the candidates for Tucson City Council Wards 1, 2, and 4. Nine people are running for three seats on the Tucson City Council. We brought the candidates into our studios this week, grouped by party affiliation. We sent all of the candidates a survey on issues they might face as members of the council. You can find all their responses on our website. We begin with the Republican candidates. They are Sam Nagy in Ward 1, Ewart Williams in Ward 2, and Michael Hicks in Ward 4. Ariana Brocious asked Mr. Hicks how the city council would change if the current Democratic majority was broken up by at least one Republican. We have less police officers on our police force. We have the highest tax rate in the state of Arizona. And this has been going on with a Democratic uh, party for quite some time, for at least over 40 years. You have a Democratic-led uh, city council, a Democratic-led uh, Pima County uh, Board of Supervisors, and you have a Democratic party running the local school boards. So these are things, we, it's time for Tucson and the Tucson region to have a change. And I believe that the Republican Party can provide a change that is more uh, conducive to the family life and the security of our citizens. So Mr. Williams, with respect to a few issues, are there things that you would like to highlight that you think that the Republican Party elevates or prioritizes more than other parties? Safety is a big, it's a big thing with me. Um, we don't have enough police officers on the street. Also, I know the lighting of the streets is actually, there is no lighting on the streets. And that's due to what they say is the uh, observatories surrounding us. But for over 20 years, they have made light, street lights that shine light directly down. So we're not taking advantage of those um, items as far as safety is concerned. We're, I drive every night, I drive Uber and Lyft and I go down streets where I have to actually roll down my window and see where the curb is. But in order for the city to get the good paying jobs, the good employers that we wanna get here, we have to improve our, our, our educational system. So whatever it takes to, to get the legislation, it takes to get uh, more funding, uh, get TUSD on board with what it actually needs to do to allocate the money to the right places, then um, that's what we're here for. Mr. Nagy, I'm curious if the Republicans, so there are three of you running um, in three different wards. If you were to sweep all those seats, how would the city council be different? I think it would be different because there's a different group of people in the city council. There's a different uh, feel. I, I think there's a different approach to city issues rather than just, um, not, that, not that it's just across the board the same as it always been, but I have been experiencing some issues that I've uh, learned that may not have a fresh face to it. And I think having a fresh face to the city council is going to be good for the Tucson community. Can you give an example of some of those issues? I think for me, the one that we're hitting home today, I think for me personally, I've had some interactions with law enforcement and some feedback from uh, different law enforcement uh, friends of mine that talk about the lack of, of, of officers on the street. At any given time, I've heard I've heard a pretty specific statistic. Uh, there was about a hundred officers on the street in the entire city of Tucson and all the different wards. 
uh, to address um, 1,100 people worth of, of, of concern. So you've all raised public safety as an issue. Uh, how would you go about remediating that if you were on city council? And we'll start with you, Mr. Nagy. When we look at the city budget, when we look at what we're spending here in Tucson, I don't feel like there's going to be all this room just to start doing all this brand new stuff. But personally, I feel like there would be an opportunity for to tighten up the budget a little bit, to look at it at least uh, objectively and see what, what we can do differently. Mr. Hicks? I will bring forward continued pressure to have 1,200 sworn police officers in my first term. Uh, I will also ask and pursue a formal inquiry to discover and examine the facts as to why we have such a decline in our public safety. And I will also uh, work with our public safety leaders and our rank and file on what issues are facing them and the resources that are needed to protect our community and our public safety personnel. Arizona Public Media sent out a survey to all the candidates running for this coming election. Mr. Nagy, you said that you support the city playing a role in addressing climate change. And Mr. Hicks, you said that that's not a city responsibility. I'm curious if you were both elected, how you would reconcile those differences of opinion. Mr. Nagy. I was thinking about, you know, overall growing and in, in, in the city of Tucson, uh, utilizing the best resources for uh, tackling, you know, let's say harvesting rainwater, uh, planting trees, things like that. Um, I, I agree with that in, in, a, in a few different ways, but I think also that that was something that I think as we move forward in this in the city, we could look at. You know, I definitely would be open to working with the city council and my, my fellow city council candidates here. You know, what is it that we could do to be a little bit more efficient? What can we do to be a little bit more understanding of the environment, things like that? I don't want to mandate this to our our constituents. There's individuals who have live on the south side, way south side, who could not afford some of the things that some in the, the new Green Deal wants to put in place and all this. I don't have a problem bringing information to people. I think that's good for the uh, city council, but I'm not one for mandating that you will do rainwater conservation. You will put solar up on your roof. You will, you will, you will. That's not what I'm about. And Mr. Williams, you didn't respond to our survey. The survey covered things like public safety, transportation, climate change, the Sanctuary City Initiative. I've been here in Tucson 24 years. I've watched this city make decisions that were based on a few and not the many. And for a perfect example of that is the streetcar. No one rides it. For the amount of people that we have in this city, no one rides it. I think it's pretty busy during the year when the students are on. And that's that's what they that's what they would love for you to believe. Yes, maybe students with the if the car goes on within where their classes are going, okay, they might hop on it if it's there in time. Expand the line further would be great as long as it went down one of the major thoroughfares where other people can use it other than just the college kids, okay, and people uh, downtown. So what's your elevator pitch for why voters should vote for you in the upcoming city elections? And we'll start with you, Mr. Nagy. Yes, ma'am. Uh, my, uh, my, my biggest, I think, accomplishment in life is being able to relate to people, build healthy relationships, build rapport, uh, advocate for people, uh, work with people, and really directly uh, correlate the solution to the problem and see if we can um, find out what's wrong and fix it. And I want to continue to see change in the city. And I want to continue to see change in our local community. And for that, 
I really feel honored to be here today and thankful that I, I am a candidate here for the city council. Mr. Williams? Uh, I'm a person who believes very strongly on common sense and the voice of reason. That's what I bring to the city council. If it doesn't benefit the people of Tucson, then it shouldn't be done. If it only benefits a few and not the many, then it shouldn't be done. I am a people person. I've been in business for about 15, 20 years. One-on-one uh, -on -one conversations with customers. Um, I was in the last plastering um, trade. So I know, I feel people. I understand what people are saying to me. I am a problem solver. I solve I solve things before they become a problem. When it's just an issue is when I step in. Mr. Hicks? Okay, well, I think my record speaks for itself. Also, I believe in full disclosure and is and I'm committed to bringing full transparency to Ward 4 and to the rest of the city of Tucson, where uh, I regularly call for public input and have not only open communication, but I encourage others to come with their ideas. One thing that I want people to know is there's not a time that I will take a vote that I have not communicated with others about. Uh, I, I want that input. Uh, I'm from Tucson. I wasn't born here, but I'm from Tucson. Spent my whole life here. I plan on spending the rest of my life in Tucson. Thank you all very much for your time today. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. That was a discussion with Republican City Council candidates Michael Hicks, Ewart Williams, and Sam Nagy. Ariana Brocious conducted that interview. She'll be back later in the show to talk with the Green Party candidates. Ballots for the City of Tucson election are in the mail now. Even though the candidates run to represent a specific ward, all city residents can vote in these elections. This week we're talking with the candidates for Tucson City Council. We heard from the Republicans, now we turn to the Democrats. They are Paul Cunningham, the incumbent in Ward 1, Lane Santa Cruz in Ward 2, and Nikki Lee in Ward 4. Democrats have dominated the city council for years, so we began by asking Cunningham what would change if there's another Democratic sweep. By voting the Democratic ticket, uh, what you're getting is the best of both worlds. You're getting uh, some new voices and some new perspectives, but you're also getting that experience that has led the way to some to, to what, what was a very successful decade in Tucson, considering where we were in 2011. Ms. Santa Cruz. The council before us has really laid out the groundwork for us to come in and continue building on it. And that I see the slate truly representing the diversity of the city. And that's something that we haven't seen um, at City Hall ever. Ms. Lee, let me ask you if Ms. Romero is not elected mayor, but the three Democrats sitting at this table end up on the city council, how do you work with either a mayor who's an independent or a mayor who's a green? One of my personal biggest strengths, and, and I can speak a little bit for my future colleagues here, um, everyone is really willing and open to work with other people, hear differing opinions, and work on solutions. Ultimately, that's what we're here to do, is to deliver results and work on solutions for the city of Tucson. Arizona Public Media News sent out a survey to all the candidates. Thank you, all three of you, for answering it. 
there were some different perspectives from the three of you specifically on the issue of roads. Mr. Cunningham, Ms. Santa Cruz, you both said you would be willing to raise taxes in order to to do more road repairs. Ms. Lee, you, you said you would be more interested in reallocating some dollars. So let's start with you. Which dollars would you reallocate? And then we'll come to our other two to talk about some of their ideas. So in my comments, I really put that my focus is going to be on bringing in more revenue through having a strong, diverse, robust economy. And that's where I really hope to make up ground in, in increasing revenue and bringing more money in to do these projects. I think we'll, we'll have to do hybrid stuff, you know, along the way to get us to that point. But in the long, in the long strategy that I'm looking at, it's to, to really be able to fund those from the general fund from a really strong, thriving economy here in Tucson. Ms. Santa Cruz, you said you would be willing to at least talk about changing taxes in order to pay for roads. I also agree that we're going to have to have uh, like a hybrid solution for it. But um, funding our roads is expensive. It takes a lot of money and we try to fill that need with federal funds, with state shared revenue funds and by local uh, bonds, you know, that we that we approve. So I understand that like we need to continue to push for our fair share at the state that we're getting the funding that we're already paying taxes on but i also know that like the pima county wasn't successful in its last request um, for the bond to continue doing that work on our roads Um, so then that kind of puts the responsibility back on the city of taking care of its own mr cunningham there's a history of tucson voters approving some taxes for roads no one wants to ever raise taxes, but you can't leave everything off the table and be so stringent that there's no opening to, to solve problems. Sometimes that means new taxes. But make no mistake, I'd much rather renew existing taxes. I'd much rather or I'd much rather replace retired debt with a continued bond. Uh, in the case of 409, when the bond expires, our property taxes in the city will go down. So there's all these different scenarios in there. There's a lot of nuance in this. It's a very broad perspective because when you're saying, are you in favor of raising taxes, yes or no, that you're kind of cornering you're kind of cornering someone's perspective. It's a much broader question than that that requires a lot more detail and, and healthy discussion about public policy in general. You all will be representing, if elected, different wards, but you are members of the Tucson City Council. How do you balance the need for representing your ward versus representing the city as a whole. What do you do if there's something that comes before the city council and you're a member? And maybe it's not great for your ward or part of your ward, but overall it's really good for the city. Ms. Santa Cruz. Well, as an elected official, I believe that we all um, have the responsibility to listen to our constituency um, and see what the issues and what the needs are and really lead from that place. And that's something that I'm really interested in making sure that um, a lot of uh, development and investment decisions are really informed from the bottom up. And Mr. Cunningham, what's your experience been on the council as you balance ward versus citywide? As a leader in the city of Tucson, it's all about the city of Tucson. Uh, it's not like Ward 2 has the streetcar. Ward 2 doesn't have the g Ward 2 doesn't have Rio Nuevo. But I supported all those measures because they helped Tucson. They helped grow the pie. They helped grow the economy. It helped us hire new police officers. It helped us pave more roads. It helped us redo parks. It helped us do all these things that needed to happen immediately. So you have to be a team player, and you have to look for what's best for the community as a whole. 
You mentioned Ward 2 doesn't have GPLET. That's the tax incentive that's used been used for downtown redevelopment. Do you want to see GPLET come into Ward 2? No, not right now. I think that, first of all, there's state statutes that bar any stretching GPLET out like that. We can't do it. I think we're better off uh, actually heading towards Ward 4 for that and into Ward 5. Uh, I think that's actually a better spot to extend the GPLET along the aviation corridor. Ms. Lee, uh, Mr. Cunningham, your potential future colleague wants to see GPLET extended into Ward 4, which if elected you would represent. Is there something particular you'd like to see GPLET go for, a particular type of business or a particular business to get it kicked off in Ward 4? You know, the 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 jobs around tech, around manufacturing, those those are good um good paying jobs that can help lift people up. We have a high rate of poverty here in Tucson. So I'm always looking for opportunities and industries that are going to help lift us as a community up. Um, Recently, I toured again the Port of Tucson, and I love the operations there and the competitive advantage that rail gives us. So I'm just have been thinking a lot about different opportunities and different types of businesses that we could leverage and and really attract into the area, especially in Ward 4. So I'm really open to iterating on lots of different ideas to to attract and bring those industries, those businesses here and and provide opportunities for the city. Miss Santa Cruz, Ward 1, downtown, stretching over towards where Caterpillar is and places like that. Obviously, big uh, G-plat receiving uh, in Ward 1. Has it all been good for Ward 1, or do, do things need to get tweaked up a little bit? Well, I, I guess it depends on who you're asking. <laughs> so, um, uh, you know, there's been ongoing uh, forums and conversations now happening around gentrification around that area. And um, I think it's always important that we're balancing out, making sure that um, people aren't displaced, but that whenever we have a development or investment going into the area, that we're thinking about what might be those impacts. So planning for affordable housing and workforce housing so that we continue to be able to like maintain what makes the West Side um, such a vibrant, you know, culturally diverse community um, that we not... Um, unintendedly, you know, um, impact that in a negative way. All right. Well, thank you so much to the three of you for sitting down with us. Thanks for having us. It was great to be here, Chris. That was a discussion with Democratic candidates for city council, Nikki Lee, Lane Santa Cruz, and Paul Cunningham. The Green Party nominated a candidate for each of the ward races this year. Ward 2 candidate William Peterson and Ward 4 candidate Kara Bissell sat down with Ariana Brocious. During their discussion, they referenced Proposition 205. That's the Sanctuary City Initiative on this year's ballot. Ms. Bissell began the discussion by explaining the Green Party platform. We have four main parts of our key values. We have ten, actually, but the first four and the key ones are the grassroots democracy, of which Prop 205 is part. We have the social justice, again, 205 is part of that. We have the, uh, the, econo- the eco- ecological sustainability, which uh, we, as a party, as a uh, Green Party of Pima County, we go to uh, and, and promote that Rosemont will not continue, for example. But the, at the state, at the city level, we're trying to, for example, not have further uh, ecological footprints put into the city. An example would be the new monastery that's being built with the plans that still have a parking garage going up. 
not good for the 21st century. Um, and then the final thing, one of my biggest points is nonviolence. I'm the peace poll candidate. And uh, we, as the, the Democrat Party, the Republican Party, they've both, particularly on the national level, put us in a, in a spot that we shouldn't be in with continued war. And we need to reverse that trend. Locally, again, Prop 205 is part of that. Uh, we have to do things nonviolently. We have to have not any, we don't, we can't have any fear. And do you mean nonviolent? Do you mean international actions and, and military action? Local to global. Mr. Peterson, why do you believe it's time for the Green Party to have a place on the city council? Because you got some, some long-term Democrats and long-term Republicans on there, but the Green Party is definitely one of the, of the uh, places to be having the city council because of Sanctuary City. You know, there's no other city council members that support Sanctuary City except for one. And we believe with Sanctuary City with Tucson is the Green Party platform. That that needs to be uh, worked on hard. We need to really push for that. We need to stop the racial profiling in town. But Sanctuary City is one of our main platforms. And if we, if we happen to get on the city council, we'll definitely uh, be working with that issue. You both support the city playing a role in responding to the climate crisis, public transportation, and housing. I'm curious what new ideas your party has in regard to those issues, and Ms. Bissell, we'll start with you. I don't know if it's new. I haven't heard of the expansion of the electric trolley to all parts of the city. That's definitely, in my mind, the idea of having uh, jobs provided to provide for green technologies, water harvesting, that I'm sure I I remember Mike uh, Sees has uh, mentioned in his interview. Tucson is expanding. Tucson is, uh, we need to develop more sustainability. Anything that goes up has to be in the 21st century green-oriented. And so do you mean things like, um, I mean, can you give me an example of what you mean by sustainability? There's got to be a lot more research done. Right now there's been a stalemate, and I feel we need to make a dramatic systemic change. Mr. Peterson, do you have some thoughts? Yeah, well, exactly, because, you know, um, with, with the climate crisis, we, we've got to put fewer cars on the road. You know, um, the one way to fix potholes in the road is put fewer cars on the road. we got to have incentives for people to ride the bus, to carpool, to walk or ride to bike to work. That's very important. Solar panels need to be on every house in Tucson. We're, we're sun 99.9% of the time here in, in, in Tucson, so... I would just get uh, the, the public uh, electric electric company be like TB become a public utility, but offer solar panels free of charge to every homeowner that could use them, and in the long run, we'll save all kinds of. Uh, we'll actually reduce our carbon put input on 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 in Tucson because there's too many people that ride one person a car here. So, would the city pay for those types of things? City could definitely pay for those kind of things if we budget and allocate for it. Yes, you know. And where would those funds come from? We'd have to vote on it with some kind of bond issue or revenue stream. There are three candidates running for each of the open council seats in the Green Party. Um, if one or two of you win, what would that mean for your role on the city council? And uh, Ms. Bissell, we'll start with you. We'd have more of a bully pulpit, for one thing. Uh, we'd have to work with the majority of non-green people to fulfill the people's needs. Uh, the people meaning, for example, the uh, cars could be perhaps on the on the population's 
desire and, and ability converted to an electric car is one thing I'd like to see as a pet peeve. They have kits out there where you can convert your, convert your own car. Or in their literature, they're saying get a junk car and make it into an electric car. Uh, again, this is something that has to be debated. Uh, tax incentives, uh, some kind of ways where the public can get benefits for not using their gas-guzzling vehicles. And one thing we've talked about in um, in some of the other coverage we've done is public transportation. The city has a, a role to play in that. Do you have thoughts on specific strategies that you'd want to implement to affect uh, fewer people driving in their cars? Uh, again, uh, same thing, following the line that have people get some kind of tax rebates or some kind of incentive to not use their cars and use public transportation and at the same time expand the public transportation to all parts of the city. And I, I just offer free free bus days, you know, in the city. Because um, the fact is, you know, you, you give them a center and you give it, you say, well, we'll make Thursday a free bus day. That will get people on the buses and, and it, the funding for for the Sun, for SunTran comes from Regional Transportation Authority, and we got to get the keep the funding uh, in there because a lot of people rely on a bus to go to work to and fro. But I'd say the citizens that they're driving to work, well, we'll give them free bus cards on Thursday, and we'll get them on a bus, and eventually um, reduce the carbon input definitely. What will it mean if any of you uh, in the Green Party are elected, but if Mike sees the Green Party candidate for mayor doesn't win? How would that have changed your approach to running the city from the city council? Not not much. I mean, the fact is we're the Green Party. You know, it's it's fine if we get on the mayor, but then the Green Party would definitely have our our, our points of view and our, and our policies and everything. But but the Green Party would be awesome in the city council. We we be, be we get our name out there as a party. We're kind of like the underdogs in this this race. We understand that. But if we get if we get in there, it would be just great because you, you'll have a a Green Party. Um, candidate on the city council, which has not happened for quite some time, and we would like to get in there. The sheer numbers of Democrats and Republicans make us the come-from-behind candidates, but it's our time because the people, everyone, all, all of us, see at the particularly the national level how things are not going the way we want to, particularly in continual war, but the philosophies of the Democratic Party and the Republican Party are not what the people want. Thank you both very much. Thank you. That was Ariana Brocious interviewing Tucson City Council Green Party candidates Kara Bissell and William Peterson. Ward 1 Green Party candidate Matthew Smith did not respond to our invitation. To find out more about all of the candidates for city government, be sure to go to our website to see their responses to our survey. And that's the buzz for this week. You can find all of our episodes online, including our discussions with Tucson's mayoral candidates and a look at the Sanctuary City Initiative at azpm.org. Ariana Brocious is the show's producer. Meredith O'Neill is our production assistant. Jim Blackwood is our production engineer. Andrea Kelly is the news director. And our music is by Enter the Haggis. I'm Christopher Conover. Thanks for listening. Arizona Public Media's original programming is made possible in part by the Community Service Grant from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting.